Activism isn't about being loud, it's about making a meaningful change. I'm a catalyst for change. Catalyst for change. I saw what was happening to our planet and the injustice of climate change. I was like, wow, I'm an activist at heart. Combining art and activism to inspire change. I had to find my place in activism as a young black woman. I realized you're never too small to take action. Youth have ideas for what a climate resilient future looks like. Protecting the environment isn't a wise people's thing. It's something for everyone. I wanted to learn about how inequality, poverty and gender intersect. Intersection of feminism is important to discuss. Now people are joining me and we're making change. I had to learn to trust my abilities and understand that my voice mattered. I proved to myself what I could do. Change needs to start with you and me. Youth are leading. Welcome to Youth Tell All, a homegrown South African podcast sharing stories of young people taking action to create a more sustainable, inclusive and equitable future for all. My name is Haji Rajamati. I'm a first year student in medical bioscience at the University of the Western Cape, but at heart I'm an intersectional feminist trying to find my place in the world. In today's episode, we'll be hearing from Zahir Suleiman. Zahid is 19, born and raised in Johannesburg, and is a digital arts and game design student trying to bridge the gap between creativity and policy. He'll be sharing his story of how he combines art and activism, and how he believes this has the potential to change society. This is Zahir for the Youth Tell All podcast. Okay, so it's been a couple of years since I started my climate activism journey, and the highly coveted COP26 event is coming up. A conference where prominent leaders like Barack Obama, activists like Greta Thunberg, and everybody in the space under the sun is going to be there. A conference where the potential to make world change could happen. To be at the climate event of the year internationally and have a hand in crafting policy to improve lives around the world. I want to help people. This is my passion. I'm going to be there. My CV has so many things. I assisted with the local youth climate action plan for the city of Johannesburg, where our words and policies were implemented into the city's climate bill. I'd been chosen to lead as a coordinator for South Africa's first national youth climate action plan, taking in over thousands of voices and turning it into a living foundational document for policymakers. I've run Model UN debates where I've immersed myself in policy and international culture to represent countries, mediate debates, and create draft policy. I've met with embassies and dignitaries to talk about my solutions and bright ideas. Plus, I have multiple entry points into the space for the pure fact that I have a creative side. I'm not the general politician. I'm an artist. I don't study political science. I study digital art and carved my own space by combining art and activism to give me creative viewpoints to solve radical issues. I even landed a role as an assistant director for an upcoming Environment Assembly conference. And frankly, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's the EUSA Climate Diplomacy Week, where I met with dignitaries and presented my research papers. I had written policy statements for the previous year's conferences, COP24 and COP25. Theoretically, then, this conference was already mine. I could feel the boarding pass in my hand, the entry band over my wrist, the words to come out of my mouth. This year was going to be my year. I will be at COP26. I yearned. I prayed. Because I felt that I could bring something different into this policy space. I wasn't just a regular, everyday person that would be there. 
I was myself. I was an environmental activist. I was Zahir Suleiman, 19 years old, with several years of climate advocacy, art, policy, international relations, and digital media behind my name. I was scared. I was excited. The application process felt surreal because it was all went in a flash. A small email, compressed folder, CV, ID, passport, vaccination card, and cover letter. Not hours, but years into the making. Then the grapevine whispers, and the phone call arrives, and my heart shatters into tiny millions of pieces when I get the news. Tiny pieces that cut through my insides and left me like a tearful corpse. Tess doesn't know this, but I was crying. <coughs> it wasn't just about going overseas and looking fancy. I felt deep in my heart with a yellow, bright warmth that I was destined for greatness, that I was the face and living change for a greater future. I just watched Hunger Games, so I would like to say I was my own version of Katniss Everdeen as the Mockingjay. That was me. And it went deeper than that. I came from a home where the expectation was that I was to get a medicine degree or computer science or engineering. I was conditioned that my art and activism were side hobbies and wouldn't amount to anything. Me being at COP26 was a chance to do everything. I mentioned like helping people and crafting policy, but to prove to everyone and me that the path that I chose was the right one. And I won't lie, my family eventually softened up to my current career path, but this conference, this was everything. And I wasn't going. So there I was, a heartbroken mess with a pit in my stomach, filling my mind with all forms of pop culture and university assignments. Next episode, submit assignment. Next episode, submit assignment. And up along comes this virtual workshop, one afternoon. And it's funny because working as part of the social media team for Youth at Sire, I created the very same posts for this workshop. And as I'm creating this post, as I'm typing it up, it's, it's sinking in. An art and activism workshop. Okay, cool. With Zapiro. Now we're talking. Wow, okay. A workshop to help young people turn their activist ideas into artworks by learning about cartooning. Okay, I think I might be interested in this. And there's a competition, a mural. All submitted artworks during the workshop get a chance to have their sketch idea turned into a whole mural on a building in the city of Johannesburg. And there's prize money. That's always a bonus for us broke varsity kids, you know. And when I tell you I was super interested, I was super interested. The sad flop of a potato I was, I sat in a university lecture and this workshop at the same time trying to balance taking notes and drawing and taking notes and drawing. I put whatever came to my mind at the moment and turned it into some form of draft artistic idea. I recently did a human rights debate. Okay, idea one. I did media coverage of COP26. Okay, idea two. So in my head, I was like, my broken world. Okay, there's my idea. I wasn't at COP26 to fix the world. I was here sketching out my thoughts on a blank piece of paper. A broken world, held up by two hands, with colors and words and elephants and clouds holding up the vision of our world. That's what I called it. A rough sketch, eraser marks, coffee stains, and different colors because I broke my pencil nib and I couldn't sharpen it in time, so I just quickly took another one. And then presented my idea, returned to my university lecture, and went about my day. Pretty casual. And two weeks later, I didn't even know. I got the text with an Instagram post. Thank you, Des. <laughs> Wait, what? 
Let me let me just read that again. Who won? I did. No, 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 no. Zahir, that's that's not me. But that is me. And with the flurry of emotions that rush through my body like an alarming fire, you can tell I'm a writer. <laughs> Words just flow, and I realized I won. I won. My sketch, my shorthand idea of a greater future inspired by my climate activism and human rights was going to be turned into a mural, cemented into the city of Johannesburg for years to come, painted, decorated, gilded, adorned on a building. Mine. My mural. My idea. My sketch. My Joburg. It was surreal. I walked down to the lunch table after hearing the news telling my family, and they lit up. They just lit up, and there I was like a lost idiot, processing. <laughs> wow. Do you know Zapiro? The lady of the organization asked. Madam, I wanted to say very politely, I wouldn't love art and politics the way I do if I didn't know Zapiro. Great, she says. He'll hand over your prizes, sign them for you, and proceed to unveil the mural. How was one supposed to feel? <laughs> then the day came. Nervousness. Excitement, bewilderment, absolutely in awe. The birds chirped sweeter, the sky waved brighter, the clouds rose higher. I swear the roads felt smoother, despite the potholes, and the building stood prouder. And then I saw it, painted over a good 10 meters high, colorful, a young person holding up their vision of the world, with their two hands united, just like my idea on a wall that belonged to the building of the heart of music in South Africa. My building. My mural. But not mine. Mine but the artists. Mine but the cities. Mine but the children that played in the streets. Mine but the people that walked past the building. Not mine. But mine. <laughs> then I was giving speeches. Then I was meeting Zapiro, my hero. <laughs> then I was smiling. Then I was given prizes. Then I was interviewed live for an audience around the world. Then I was chauffeured here and there. Then I was networking. Then I was sharing my art story, my climate story, then my political story. Then I was making jokes about getting visas and going overseas. <laughs> then, then, then. A whirlwind of a day that I could be no more grateful for. The people I met, the experiences I had, it was pleasantly overwhelming, like this joy that just wraps around you. Then I was home, searching through pictures of the same day, each pixel leaving me more grateful. I was Zahir Suleiman, 19 years old, an environmental artivist with a mural in Johannesburg, South Africa. A whole mural inspired by me to inspire others. And that was just the concept, right? Like, theoretically. I had so many give their interpretations of the mural and the painting, and it felt, like, unbelievable. Because I always complained in art class, like, it's so difficult to interpret paintings because like we never know the artist we never knew them they might be dead they painted their own thing and yet there people were interpreting my art getting inspired by it I was like living a dream I did it I had tangibly found my space I had achieved I had done it I had proved to myself what I can do and that my ceiling had no limit where am I now? I'm talking to you in a recording studio, telling you the story. Where will I be tomorrow? Working, doing nothing much, playing PlayStation. But what are my plans? Well, there's more years to come. There's more buildings to paint. 
more cops to hopefully attend, more friends to make, and more hearts to touch. Yeah, policy writer, that's me. Yeah, public speaker, that's me. Blah, 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 good-hearted politician, all of those things. But I'm, I'm more. I'm the artist above all else. I'm the author above all else. I'm the animator above all else. I'm the gamer above all else. And I'm making my own space in a space where creativity normally shouldn't belong. But it does, because I do. And so do you, whoever you are out there. Thank you. Zahid, thank you so much for sharing such an inspiring story. What a journey you've been on. There are so many things I want to ask you, but let's start with this. At the heart of your story, you really describe yourself as being an artist. Where do you find the inspiration for your art and how has being involved in art changed the way you see the world? You know, I think my inspiration really changes on my mood and on my state of mind. I can watch Spider-Man and suddenly my art becomes hero or New York inspired. And that's just something that's been with me ever since I was young. But um, generally, I try to put a lot of empathy and compassion into my art. I really want to make the viewer feel something as they read what I write or as they view what I paint. And being involved in art, though, I think it does wonders for me because I generally feel like it romanticizes everything. (laughs) I suddenly find the urge to romanticize everything. And I always try to be creative and funny and more figurative in all of these casual situations. And it's definitely made me more optimistic. I think at the bottom line, it just makes me feel so much more happy about life. And yeah, climate change might be a lot to conquer, but like, I can do it. My art tells me I can. (laughs) Oh my word, what an interesting answer. I totally get the mood part, but wow, I find that quite amazing and the fact that you put so much of yourself into your artwork. (laughs) In your story, you really talk about how art and activism can be combined. How do you think art can help us in changing society, whether it's tackling the climate crisis or addressing inequality? What do you think art offers, or or rather, what is it about art that can help us deal with these issues? You know, I think art really brings creativity and collaboration to any workspace. And like in today's world, where we're heading to this fourth industrial revolution, to AI, to the metaverse, where we're going for this clean cut, straightforward, everything should be done in such an easy way. I feel like when you bring art to that workspace, you really bring that collaborative aspect to art and you bring that creativity that, yeah, okay, maybe we want to go into the metaverse, but maybe there's a couple of different things that we can do to get there. And when you bring that back into policy and some of the social justice spaces, it really shows you that maybe we can come up with some other creative solutions that aren't just throwing money at every single problem. Maybe we can use our creativity and our collaboration that comes from being involved in artistic hobbies and we can use those to sort of try and solve the world's issues even if we're doing it just a little step at a time. It sounds very cliche and romanticized, as I said, but I think that's just how I feel. What a different and fresh perspective on how to view art and how to view the world and bring it into all these different spaces. I've got one last question for you. It sounds like you have so many things going on, whether it's (laughs) being an artist, a student, a policymaker, or even rubbing shoulders with Sabina. How do you keep it all together? How do you balance 
all these different things in your life and what advice do you have for young people wanting to pursue something similar to you it's funny because you're saying that i have everything together and i am in balance but i am not i am constantly on the edge of losing balance and that's just how i am people say like oh you're doing so much like yes i i am but i'm falling apart and i'm sleeping at 3 and i'm crying but it sounds cliche but i'm really the kind of person that feels like if you put your mind to something you can you can really do it we all have 24 hours in a day maybe you're going to sleep at 3 a.m maybe you're going to cry yourself to sleep after having so much of work but if you want to get something done you can get it done and it'll open up a lot of doors for you do i have any specific tricks that i use probably not a lot of coffee and a lot of complaining to my friends and telling them about all of the work that i have but other than that it's just really putting your mind to it and compartmentalizing what you have to do in the day and trying to achieve what you really want to achieve because if you want to make it happen you can make it happen your dedication and your passion is so amazing for all of this and it's really something admirable and i really think that it's something that will spread across many more and to everybody else that is listening to this Zahir, thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing your story and for sharing such an important message about the power of art. Your story really reminds us that there is a role for everyone in changing society. We just have to put ourselves out there to find it. That's all we have for today, friends. Thank you for listening to our very first episode and join us next time to hear more stories of youth making change in their community. The Youth Tell All podcast is a production from Youth at Saya, the youth programs at the South African Institute for International Affairs. Youth at Saya is focused on giving a voice to young Africans to tackle the major issues that confront them while building capacity to engage with policymakers at national, regional and international levels. Youth at Saya empowers youth with the skills to become the continent's leaders with a commitment to co-creation and collaboration, inclusivity, decolonization, social justice and intersectionality. Our broader thematic areas cover climate change, gender, education, employment and sustainable and regenerative futures. This series has been made possible with the financial support of the European Union's partnership instrument and the German Federal Ministry for the Environment, Nature Conservation and Nuclear Safety through the International Climate Initiative. The opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of the funders. This episode was produced by Kiara Wirth and Desiree Kashulak in collaboration with Solid Gold Podcast Studios. The Youth at Saya leadership team includes Desiree Kashulak, Vidabogo Libia, Lucille Naidu, and Idumeleng Mpure. Story development has been done by Kiara Wirth. If you have a story to share or want to learn more about our podcast, our programs, or how to get involved in youth activism, head over to our website saya.org.za/youth. That's s a i i a.org.za/youth. Youth at Saya is across social media sites too. So find us wherever you are. Thanks for listening and until next time, remember, youth are leading. Youth are leading.